0: Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, Sirius XM, Channel 141, 96.3 HD2, and 98.3 FM. This is the Insight Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. If you're a federal government worker, you're probably breathing a little easier after a shutdown was avoided Saturday night. Congress passed a 45-day continuing resolution that's keeping workers on the job But it's just 45 days. That same kind of anxiety could kick back in long before that. We're talking about what that means for workers. And later, we'll examine the high stakes political showdown. We begin tonight with Alicia Smith, the now Generation Chair for Blacks in Government. But we also want to hear from you tonight. I know it's been a rough couple of weeks and indeed couple of days for the Federal government workers I want to hear what you have to say. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Lines are open. Give us a call at 202 319 7810. 202 319 7810. You can X me at H Fisher, W H U R, or find me on Instagram at Harold T Fisher. Alicia, thank you so much for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, so, first of all, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, I am. Um, excited to be here. Excited to chat. Excited to um, dive into to the topic this evening.
0: How how was your weekend? I know that you like so many of my friends who work for the federal government. Prior to this CR passing, they weren't doing so well. What what was going on with you? What were you thinking?
1: Yes, it was definitely um, a time of heightened anxiety for myself, um, for my colleagues, for my friends. You know, we live here in the D.C. area where so many people would have been affected had there been a shutdown.
0: Yeah. So explain to our, our listeners, if you can. We, we've had officials from blacks in government on this program before. They We are very, very familiar with them. But... You are the now generation chair. What is that?
1: Yes. So um, the now generation is our committee, our national committee within blacks in government that focuses on our membership that is 40 and under.
0: OK, so I would imagine, particularly for the some of the younger you know, workers that, you know, a lot of them, you know, we often hear in this area about some of those bigger numbers, the GS 13s, 14s, 15s, you know, those who are. You know, really making what we traditionally call the good government job money. But I would imagine that for some of your younger folks, they're, they're not quite there yet. What, what kind of, of workers are we talking about? What kind of salaries? What kind of jobs are we talking about here?
1: that is correct um our our 40 and under crew we you know a lot of us are just starting out in the federal government um a lot of us are getting those entry-level positions we are coming in right after college um so it takes time to get to those higher levels to get that you know experience to get those um pay increases and so um our membership you know it's a wide range, a wide range from those, you know, three, four, five, six, sevens um, up to, you know, 11, 12, 13s and above. So um, it is it's a definite wide range. And so um, that that potential shutdown could really could really disturb folks financially.
0: Were you working for the federal government back in, during that last shutdown, 28, 2018 to 2019, that 34 or 35 day? Yes. Um, how does the feeling that you that you've been feeling over the past several weeks compare to that, I mean, I would imagine you were probably thinking, oh, gosh, here we go again.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's just it's really frustrating. Um, a lot of people, you know, enter the federal government and state and local government for that job security. So when that is at risk, it is just it's not a good feeling. Hmm.
0: 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. We are talking about the federal government shutdown that was averted avoided, thwarted, you know, pick your words this past weekend. But we could see this same kind of issue come up again in the middle of November. The continuing resolution that was just passed is only 45 days. If you are still concerned about what may happen moving forward. Give us a call. Lines are open at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Prior to Saturday night, what kinds of conversations was Blacks in government having uh, when you talked to the constituency, and what were you hearing from your members?
1: yes um so there were definite definitely conversations about um finances finances are something especially our black employees struggle with um i know a large number of our American population lives pay to, paycheck to paycheck. And so to have that disturbed um, when it's something you truly rely on um, is, is so, so serious. And so the conversations we were having of, were brainstorming as to how blacks and government can support our membership. Um, last time we did go through this, uh, blacks and government uh, heard the members needs and provided gas cards to those who were in need um if the potential shutdown happens again, um, we're really going to listen to our membership and see what those needs are and, and respond accordingly.
0: What did you do personally when the discussions about this started to come up maybe a month or so ago? Did you uh, no more outdoor dinners? <laughs> no, no eating outside? No, no. Uh, or, or, or did you or were you kind of in a wait and see mode? What was your thought process?
1: Um, I was in a wait and see mode. Um, one of the things about um, uh, where I work is. Um, is we provide financial literacy information to the American people. Um, and I personally make sure that I put those resources to use for myself um, as well as spread the message to others that those resources, those learning opportunities are there um, for for people to use.
0: So what did you do?
1: Um, so for me, um, I increased my savings. Um, and so for it, to have that, that, opportunity for me to fall back on, you know, the savings that I have um, is so important um, because should a shutdown happen, a lot of people are going to have to dip into that savings.
0: What happened back in 2018-19 for you? Was it tough or did you have savings How was it?
1: I did have savings. However, I was not directly impacted at that time. Um, The agency that I worked for, um, our office was self-funded. So Mm -hmm. we continued to work throughout that shutdown.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, fortunately for you. We are talking about the, the federal government shutdown that was avoided over the weekend. But it could happen again. The political back and forth. On Capitol Hill has only ratcheted up since Saturday night. As a matter of fact, just this information uh, just coming across uh, right now. And if you paid any attention, uh, obviously some of the the political f- infighting has uh, continued. Uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates has filed. Uh, A resolution to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and that is expected to uh, make things even more difficult as we move forward during the course of this uh, 45 days of this continuing resolution. If you have a comment or a question, give us a call at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Deborah, calling from Fort Washington. Thanks for calling, Deborah. What's on your mind?
2: Hi, yes, Um, uh, thank you so very much. I am a government worker. I happen to be a GS-12 at IMD. They have changed the terminology from essential to expected. So I'm expected to come to work whether the government shuts down or not. But I just happen to look at it like this. Um, I often was thinking over the last couple of days, um, I kind of told my coworkers at work, I wasn't worried about the government shutting down um, because I kind of, it, it's a political thing, and there was no way almost a month before an election that they were going to shut down the, the government and risk um, losing those votes. So if you can kind of look at it through these eyes, um, it's just kind of funny that the resolution, or the continuance is after the voting in November. And that's all
0: I have to say. Um, okay, Deborah, okay, Deborah. Uh, thank you so much for thank your you phone call. 202 319 202 319 So we already know, you know what you did prior to this past week, but what are you going to do ahead of the... Uh, the middle of November, we are that we're literally talking about the week before Thanksgiving. And a lot of people are going to be extremely uncomfortable with that. And as you said earlier, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Not everyone works for a, a self-funded agency. And like and unlike Deborah. There are a lot of people who are worried. So, what are you? What are you all instructing your your membership to do now between now and the in the middle of November?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, we are encouraging our members to reach out to us, or uh, the leaders of blacks in government, with any concerns. Um, we are encouraging them to. Um, Increase increase that saving as they can so that um, if that d- shutdown does occur, they will be able to sustain um, their their payments. Um, I know that it is so important um, for folks to have that peace of mind. Um, so we're refer- for referring our uh, members to our um, partner, uh, the Federal Employee Assist Education and Assistance oh, Fund. EAP.
0: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Um, and so, uh, just making sure that they have those resources, they know how to find those resources, um, so that they can put those to use if
0: needed. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. Tish, calling from DC. Thanks for calling, Tish. What's on your mind? Hey, yeah, how you doing?
2: Yeah, just wanted to um, just give some resource information from my experience before. Um, Whenever the government shuts down, people are eligible for unemployment through the city or state for being laid off. I mean, I don't know if people are aware of that, but that is a way to get through the the shutdown by filing unemployment.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And to your point, Tish, for those who would file unemployment in the event of a shutdown, you would file for unemployment in the region where you work, not where you live. So if you work for the federal government in D.C., if you work for the Department of Labor, or if you worked for the Smithsonian in D.C., you would file in D.C. It doesn't matter if you lived in Virginia or Maryland, or if you worked for one of the federal agencies that is out in Maryland or Virginia. Even if you live in D.C., you you file there. So, Tish, thank you so much for your information. How are you feeling this weekend, Tish?
2: Oh, I'm feeling great. I work for the Postal Service, and they say, you know, aren't I going to be shut down? I was like, no, the post office funds their, their employees. It's not ran by the federal government funding. Hmm. Okay. So I, still, I would still be working because... A lot of customers have been
0: asking that question. Absolutely, and certainly wondering uh, whether or not there were going to be any issues regarding their mail as well. So, uh, Tish, thank you so much for your information. I appreciate it. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. We are talking about the federal government shutdown. Didn't happen this weekend, but we still could see issues moving forward. If you have a comment, if you have a question, I want to know how you're feeling as a federal government uh, employee. Give us a call at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. So in your opinion, what steps do you believe that Congress should take to ensure that, you know, Workers' livelihoods are not uh, impacted because, as you know, we've been hearing this a lot, that members of Congress, uh, in the event of a shutdown, they would still get paid. But there's so many people who would not.
1: Yeah, I think one of the most important things that our Congress people should think about are the American people. Um, the the constituents that they represent um, are the folks that will overall be affected by the choices that they make.
0: Well, we are going to hear from one of those members of Congress in just a bit. Maryland Congressman Glenn Ivey is on the line. We're going to be talking to him in a bit. But first, we're going to take a break. Don't forget, you can hear every edition of the Daily Drum Insight segment via podcast on WHUR.com. And don't forget to download the 96.3 HD2 app on your smartphone and hear the program live in its entirety. If you're on the phone, stay with us. The Daily Drum will continue on Sirius XM channel 141 and 96.3 HD2. I'm Harold Fisher. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. That's on WHUR. Eric from D.C. We're going to talk to you next. Stay with us. We'll be back in a bit. Welcome back to The Daily Drum on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. We continue with the discussion about the federal government shutdown. We avoided it this weekend, but we could see this issue pop up again in less than 40 five days we continue our conversation with uh, blacks in government now generation chair alicia smith also joining the conversation is maryland congressman glenn ivy lines are open at 202-319-7810 202-319-7810 don't forget you can x me at h fisher whur or find me on instagram at harold t fisher congressman ivy thank you so much for joining the program Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, so many questions to ask you about <laughs> uh, about this weekend. First of all, if you could take us inside the they don't have smoke-filled rooms anymore, but you know, inside the the discussions, the back and forth. What happened Saturday night other than what we already know that the CR was passed?
3: Well, I mean, it all started Saturday morning. You know, we were called into uh, uh, to the Capitol to, to start taking a look and figure out what the, the speaker was going to try and do. We, we had no idea what the plan was going to be um, until around 1130 or so. And then they offered, uh, they floated a, a, a draft con- uh, of the continuing resolution that they wanted to move, uh, but we'd never seen it before. And they wanted to go to votes immediately on the floor. So, you know, we asked, we being the Democrats, asked for 90 minutes to review the document, which was like 70, over 70 pages long. They refused. So then we, you know, had to resort to uh, procedural tactics just to give ourselves time to review the document. And that included, um, uh, you know, taking vote. We filed a motion to adjourn and then we, you know, voted individually on it instead of electronically. So normally a, a vote would take about two or three minutes. We voted one at a time to <laughs> so give ourselves the time to review it. And then um, I, I hope people had a chance to see it. You know, Team uh, Jeffries, who's the Democratic leader now, went on the floor and gave an impromptu 50-minute speech, which was a tour de force. Uh, You know, it was really outstanding. And, yeah, he did it in part to delay so that we could continue to have a chance to review the document and figure out what we wanted to do on it. But it was really just an outstanding uh, overview of of how all of this had played out and, you know, why the Democrats were um, struggling to support the previous uh, bills or really opposing the stuff they offered before because of the massive cuts that they had in mind and this, just a variety of things that we, we thought we couldn't swallow. So, but after we had a chance to review it, we we thought we felt comfortable with it. Now, the thing we didn't like, or at least I didn't like, was that they took Ukraine uh, support for Ukraine off the bill, and I guess they thought that that would turn it into a tough vote for Democrats. But from my perspective, you know, making sure we kept the government open, I've got thousands of government workers in my district. There's no way I'm going to pass up a chance to. To keep the government open so they can keep working. We've got veterans, Social Security members, uh, uh, you know, if they need benefits checks and the like. We had to support that. So uh, it was a pretty easy vote from my perspective.
0: There has been in the, the past several days a lot of discussion about compromise that Speaker McCarthy uh, you know, had some, as you know, some extensive discussions with Democrats and, and needed the Democrats to get uh, this, you know, this passed. But now they're and this just coming across literally just minutes ago, as I'm sure you know, our Florida Congressman uh, Matt Gates has in- introduced a motion to uh, remove McCarthy as House Speaker you've been right. you've been around for a while you're 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 old enough to remember when compromise on Capitol Hill was not a dirty word right and, and yet now it seems that it is it is just accepted that there will be no compromise, there will be no working together, there will be no reaching across the aisle, and this resolution introduced by Gates seems to be a prime example. What's what? What is going on that this kind of thing? is is really kind of before us that there's just there just doesn't seem to be any kind of uh, cooperation and, and the political tribalism on the hill
3: yeah, I mean I think that's that's the big question of the moment uh, and you know uh, well let me let me say this I you know I started working on the House side in nineteen eighty seven for congressman John Conyers. Uh, from Detroit, one of the founding members of the Congressional Black Caucus, um, and votes like this, we never had votes to keep the government open that were contentious. I mean, it was just understood that one of the basic things that Congress does is make sure the government's running. And you'll remember just a couple of months ago, uh, we had a similar kind of vote about, about the debt ceiling. We, we never had to fight about raising the debt ceiling to make sure that the United States paid its debt. Um, but now that's all been weaponized and turned into um, efforts by primarily the Republicans um, to, to try and get leverage uh, to get you know policy points across. The problem right now is, A, they're playing with fire. As you pointed out, the Democrats have bailed them out twice um, just on this last vote over the weekend to keep the government open. Ninety-one Republicans voted, to, voted against keeping the government open. Ninety-one. Only 120 or so voted to keep it open. So it was up to the, the Democrats to get it done. Uh, but, you know, other than just they're just trying to burn the House down, we don't really know what it Like, Matt Gates filed this motion. I don't really know what Matt Gaetz and, and his colleagues over there who are in his, you know, in, in his frame of mind, I, we don't really know what the policy points are that they want. I don't know what policy decisions they're pursuing or trying to leverage. It, it just seems like, frankly, they're just being childish and want to uh, just create havoc. And they've done a good job of that. But from the standpoint of running the country and taking care of the business that, you know, the American people need Congress to take care of, they, they're like blocking it at every turn. It's, it's, it's just... it's not only shocking, but it's, it's, it's really, it's really pathetic.
0: What, do you know what McCarthy asked for in exchange or what he gave up in exchange for getting cooperation from the Democrats on Saturday?
3: Now, I don't know that there was a deal there. I mean, I, I, I you know, that's a, a, a leadership question. I, I think the real question going forward is what are we going to do on this motion to vacate? And I, I think that's, yet to be determined I think we'll have to meet tomorrow morning we got a meeting scheduled for tomorrow morning at nine o'clock I think the Democratic uh, House members are going to hash it out and take a uh, you know take a deep breath and kind of think through how to move forward and Hakeem Jeffries has been outstanding in, in his leadership on the on these matters so I you know I'm certainly going to follow his lead and you know we'll see where we go but you know, I think the bottom line is we want to try and do what we can to uh, get the work done for the American people. We, You know, we need we, people are worried about gas prices, groceries, you know, sort of basic, you know, keep it paying the rent, keeping a rent over the, the roof over their head. That's the stuff I want to focus on. You know, the whatever it is between Gates and, and McCarthy, I don't really, you know, I don't want to get it. <laughs> In that kind of business. Yeah, I just wish they could go somewhere and resolve it. We've got people with real issues and real problems. That's the reason I came to Congress is to try and address that, not whatever these two are fighting
0: about. Yeah, no Flint locks at noon on the Capitol lawn. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. Two zero two three one nine seven eight one zero. We are talking about uh, the federal government shutdown avoided this weekend, but. Ah, We could be right back here in less than than 45 days. Let me go back to the phone lines. Eric, I promised I'd talk to you calling from D.C. Thanks for hanging on. What's on your mind?
4: Um, I have two items. One is a comment, number one, and number two is a question. The comment, you know, Congress is elected to balance the budget. This whole time they're talking about continuing resolutions. Has anybody put forth... A budget to keep the the, the 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 federal government and the U.S. open hasn't been done since Obama was in 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 in, in office.
0: I'd say, is that a so? That, that was that the, was a comment and a question. So your question was that, your question is, question is. I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and ask your question. Please go right ahead. The, the
4: question is: Has anybody from Congress? put forth a budget other than the president to keep the federal government open. I'm a veteran and a federal worker. Mm -hmm. So I was, initially I was essential. Now I'm non-essential, but what I do is still critical for America's
3: defense. Congressman? Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, President Biden put out a budget, I believe it was, Goal there was to try and make sure we could deal with the, the you know the uh, the debt ceiling issue in part, but also to make sure we, we figured out what the budget was going to be, uh, and so Congress could react to that instead of trying to move forward with the appropriations bills and and, and uh, that, that decide what money goes to uh, what the budget's going to be, and the House is supposed to initiate the bu- the appropriations bills instead of that. The, the speaker and, and the House Republicans turned it into a fight about defaulting on the debt, uh, and then they reached an agreement. Uh, the speaker shook hands with the president on that. We went with top line numbers that were basically from the uh, fiscal year before the ink was dry on the deal. The speaker and the House Republicans started trying to walk away from the numbers. They were trying so instead of eight percent cuts that had been discussed in, in certain segments all of a sudden they start pushing for bigger cuts. And that kept building up. This last week on the shutdown of the government piece, they were floating uh, proposed numbers of 30% cuts. Uh, you know, troops not getting paid, uh, border patrol agents not getting paid, uh, a tax on Social Security. I, I, you know, it was incredible, really. Even though they were talking about putting more funds to protect the budget, for, uh, the, uh, the border, for example, at the same time, they were talking about uh, 30% cuts uh, and protecting the border and the border personnel. So there was stuff like that where you're just kind of like, what's going They They say one thing and do the other, so it was hard to figure out. I think what really made this thing come together over the weekend was the Senate reaching a bipartisan agreement uh, between the Democrats and the Republicans to move forward with something. That forced McCarthy's hand on Saturday— And that's when he moved forward with a reasonable continuing resolution and the Democrats helped to carry it across the finish
0: line. Eric, thank you so much for your phone call. Yeah, 30 percent. That's that's what they call the white meat cuts. I mean, all the way, (laughs) you know, all the way down. That's that. That's that skinning your knee white meat stuff before the blood really starts coming. Uh, Let me go to Tyrone. Tyrone calling from Maryland. Thanks for calling. Tyrone, what's on your mind?
4: Yes, thank you for uh, for allowing me to hear my comments. Sure. You know uh, what irritates me is that we have these people who are congressmen that sit up on Capitol Hill, who get paid when the government shuts down. They sitting up there. They got free health care and everything. What needs to be done is the government shut down. They don't get paid. Whatever health care that they want to put on us, uh, the people out here, they have to have. That's the problem. We got all these people that are up on their heel who don't care nothing about us and they're playing these little games. But again, if the government shut down, they shouldn't get paid. Whatever health care that they want to put on the American people, that's the health care that the congressmen should uh, uh uh have to have also. And that's my comment, and I thank you for taking my,
0: my call. Sure thing, Tyrone. Thank you so much. Uh, Congressman, if you could explain, because I think Tyrone makes a really interesting point, and we've heard this before, that in the event of a government shutdown, members of Congress still get paid. Why is that?
3: Well, there uh, you know, I, I, we've decided, we being members of Congress, decided that we should treat ourselves as essential personnel. The problem is, I think, just what the caller said. It creates uh, a thing where there's no incentive for members of Congress to get this done uh, in the way that regular people feel it because they, they get hurt. Here's the additional layer of problem, though. we got a lot of people on Capitol Hill who are rich. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, if they miss a paycheck or two, they don't have to worry about getting evicted or, you know, foreclosure. They've got multiple houses and all of that kind of thing. So I think it really needs to be actually stronger than that. I think it really has to be a scenario where you can't shut the government down. You know, there should be sort of mandatory legal requirements where this is something Congress just has to get done. You know, we're trying to figure out how how to go about doing that. Same thing with the debt ceiling. You know, we really shouldn't be playing games anymore with the United States economy and at some levels the international economy because of the the magnitude of the damage that can be caused to, uh, to people around the world. So, you know, I, I think, the caller, there's, you know, people are there that just don't seem to care about the impact of what they do uh, or don't do in this instance. But I think we need to take steps to just force them to force us as members of Congress to get the job done.
0: Alicia, you've been obviously listening to what the congressman has been you know, sharing. Your your thoughts about the the machinations of what we're seeing on Capitol Hill. Obviously, you're this is not new to you, but just kind of share your thoughts about what you're hearing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely think um, it's it's unfortunately a, a fight that we've seen before, um, and I think. As, as Congressman Ivey has stated, the Congress people really need to go back to why they're there. They're there to support the American people. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about in regards to the potential shutdown is the loss of services that would occur should that happen. There are so many different um, services that the American people need, whether that be, you know, our air traffic controllers or whether that be the VA benefits, whether that be um, the USDA, the SNAP benefits, all these things that will be affected should there be a government shutdown are the things that the American people need um, to survive. And so um, I think it's, it's just really important that they get back to the heart of um, the people that they're serving versus the infighting versus the differences versus the the the, you know, self-serving interests that they may have um, and, and really focus on what's important.
0: I just I just received a really interesting message on on Instagram and her name is Yvonne. And Yvonne says, and certainly, you know, you Congressman Ivy, I'll share this with you. You know, obviously, you're in Congress. You're not... Uh, You don't work for OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, but I'm just going to throw this out there and see if you can handle this. But she says something that I think is really important. She says that under the Fair Treatment Act of 2019, that is the Government Employee Fair Treatment Act of 2019, she said, we are guaranteed retro pay. And anyone who receives unemployment funds will need to repay them when they get their back pay is that is that correct first of all if you know congressman ivy and secondly if that is indeed correct imagine if you're getting unemployment funds that you've already spent and you're already living paycheck to paycheck and then you get your retro pay and then having to repay those unemployment government i can only imagine how much of a hole that would put you back in
3: I think, uh, unfortunately, I think she's definitely right. The uh, hole that, that digs is pretty significant um, how long the shutdown would last. So that was one of the things. We did a town hall meeting. In fact, you guys helped to uh, spread the word when we did it last week. Um, and that was one of the points that came out. You know, if, if, if you're in that situation, remember that you're going to have to pay the money back. So, you, you know, you just have to be careful about what you spend. The problem is, though, sometimes people are, you got to spend it. You know, you got to put food on the table. you got to pay the rent. So it really puts folks in a, in a tough situation. And, again, back to the other caller's point, you know, these aren't rich folks that are, that are going to worry about that. This is folks who are like, you know, it's tough to make ends meet. Yeah we we're putting them in a in a in a difficult situation for no reason, and these are people who are doing what they're supposed to do. They're working for the government they're doing what they're you know they've been living right and all that stuff there's this is no fault of their own, and we're putting them in these difficult situations and in some instances essentially penalizing them for it it's it's wrong
0: yeah um i do we want to go back to something you mentioned something about uh a motion to vacate that that will be coming up tomorrow a- explain that for those for those of us who are not familiar with uh kind of the procedures and, and practices uh, on the hill well
3: i'm uh, i let me apologize for slipping into uh you know hill speak there but <laughs> thank you i
0: appreciate that <laughs> yeah
3: basically what it does is in order for um to get the job, you may recall it took 15 votes for him to get picked as speaker. Yes, Am I, I, I watched
0: it. Uh, yes, Pop- popcorn it, it, and all. Yeah,
3: it was it was incredible because up until that point, this was something that had taken like two or three minutes to get done. You, you know, every two years when we start a new Congress, but he needed to cut deals to get that vote so he could get it done on the 15th try. One of the one of the things he gave up was. You know, usually you can't knock somebody off uh, out of the speaker position easily. But he created this option so they could file a motion to vacate any single member could file the motion. What you just had happen was Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida, filed the motion he's been threatening to do for weeks now. So... Uh, you know, there's 48 hours. You know, it depends on what happens next procedurally, but it's probably going to be in the next two days where there's going to end up being votes, motions to table and all that stuff. I won't bore you guys with the details, but at the end of the day, there's going to have to be a vote whether McCarthy can stay Speaker or not. To be honest, I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't
0: know. And that that was going to be my next question. So, okay, let us just say for the sake of arguments that um, McCarthy is no longer speaker. Does that mean, and forgive me because I probably didn't pay attention in my civics class for this part. Um, But so what happened? Uh, if if he is no longer speaker, look, it was hard enough for the Republicans, who were obviously still in the majority, to agree on getting him, uh, you know, voting him in as, as speaker some fifteen times. Like, like I said popcorn and Juju bees, all all you know, watching the whole thing. But now that we could end up here again, you know, who might they pick? How might that happen? Is this once again going to be the same kind of theatrics that we saw again where, you know, Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader, is is nominated by the minority and the Democrats just sit back and watch uh, the Republicans go through this arm wrestling?
3: Yeah, great question. I, the bottom line is we're not exactly sure what's going to happen with that. So... If, he, if there is a vote, he is removed, uh, then an acting speaker would fill his position temporarily. Now, we don't know who he's designated to be the acting speaker, uh, but that would be revealed in the event of the vote. Out. At that point, they're going to have votes to try and determine who the, who the replacement speaker would be. I don't know that the house has to shut down again like it did at the beginning, because you couldn't even get started at the front end. But now the house is an ongoing entity, uh, at least for the next year and a half. Mm. How long it takes them to pick a speaker, whether they put a new speaker, you know, I, who it will be, I, I really don't have any. I don't know.
0: I do want to ask you about one of the side issues that came up over the weekend, the Uh, Congressman Jamal Bowman situation, the pulling of the of the fire alarm. Uh, What is your understanding of of what actually happened?
3: I've heard various accounts um, and and apparently there's video out there. I haven't seen it yet. I I think. I'm not sure how that's going to go forward. I've heard that there may be some kind of investigation about it. I know he's made statements about it, too. I am on the ethics committee so I, I, I don't want to prejudge anything because if it ends up coming to the committee um, you know I don't, I don't want to um, have taken any position out there uh, you know prematurely yeah. but I think it'll play out over you know you're gonna have some initial activity here at the front end it might take a, a minute to get to the bottom line there but um, I think one way or another, we'll get there eventually, and and sort out what really happened and and what how to address it.
0: I, I must say, it was a very strange thing, uh, and I, I'll leave it at that. I, I do wanted to, I did want to ask Alicia this this one thing, because one of the things that I found particularly fascinating is leading up to. Saturday, for at least one week, and you could probably tell me better, I would imagine that instead of doing the kind of work that a lot of federal government workers do uh, in, in their day-to-day, they were more concerned about the, the layoff. What, what did that do, in your, in your opinion, what did that do to, to productivity and morale, for that matter?
1: Absolutely. I would say morale was definitely decreased. Um, I know a lot of folks spend a lot of time just thinking about the what ifs um, really consumed with that negative kind of space looming over them. Um, and so one of the things that we had talked about was, especially with um, the the younger generation in the workplace, um, it's really a deterrence to entering government service. Um, mm. It it. it it, you know already it's such a low percentage of, of young government workers i think i read somewhere it was less than 10 percent of the the federal workforce is 30 and under um and so um with a number of people being eligible for retirement with with the federal workspace being in this negative light it's really going to be hard to get those seats filled once those folks do retire, because people will remember this. They'll remember this, they'll remember the past shutdown, down. Um, and so it's really it's really disheartening, especially when um, you try to recruit people to the federal government. It's supposed to be a stable job um, to really not have that younger support um, because of situations like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Congressman Ivy, I, I, I'll let you have the, the final word. Uh, you look into your congressional crystal ball. What 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 are things going to happen? What 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 are things going to look like this week? What what do you anticipate that we'll see this week? Whether it's the the Gates McCarthy situation, do you think maybe that we will get this done before the CR expires? Your thoughts? I mean, you know, hope
3: springs eternal, but I, I gotta say that it's. It's hard to see the Republicans getting their act together. The only things where we've got really much of anything done in this Congress so far is when the Democrats were able to step in and become the majority of the vote and get it across the finish line. But that's only for major things like, you know, debt ceiling and, and keeping the government open. A lot of the intermediate things, like your caller was asking about the budgets and the appropriations bills, those things aren't moving. And a lot of the stuff that the Republicans have, have put forward um, as, you know, final products, they know are going to be dead on arrival in the Senate because they've laced them with all these silly ideological poison pills. So, I you know, so I don't know if they're going to sort of grow up serious about the job that we need to do here. But, you know, the, the role of the Congress, we're supposed to be serious players and, and you know, helping the nation decide its direction and future. And Republican leadership's not allowing us to do that right now.
0: Maryland Congressman Glenn Ivey, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. All right. And Alicia Smith with Blacks in Government again. Thank you so much for coming in. Hopefully uh, the next time we talk to you, you will not be talking about government shutdowns. I I just can't imagine. It's uh, nerve-wracking, I'm sure. But thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Sure. That is The Daily Drum for this Monday, October 2nd. I'm Harold Fisher. Good night.